nudge. <laughs> hey everyone, you're listening to The Nudge with Julian and Ash. How are you going today, Ash? I'm doing really great. How are you doing, Julian? I'm doing well. And as always, we're exploring and celebrating young people taking control of their lives. And we're nudging each other to take risks and own them as we make our way further into adulthood. Just pretty exciting, hey? bit stressful at the same time. Yeah, a bit a bit overwhelming, <laughs> I guess. Definitely. So last week we explored the concept of stress and some cool practices to help relieve us of stress, which can really put a halt on being active in our day-to-day, especially when making important decisions. And, you know, we set ourselves the task to, to do some homework and try to practice what my friend suggested us to do on the show, which was called barefoot walking. Yeah, and we actually both <laughs> yeah, got around to we it did, this week. We we, we um we actually did it. How did you find it? Yeah, well, I did it this morning, and the it was very cute because it was nice and sunny, but the grass was like a bit dewy, you know, and it's like <laughs> damp. Um, so that was like kind of refreshing on my feet. But um, I liked it. I mean, it, it did sort of like. I guess, ground me. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you that centering feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you're feeling like you're in the present moment a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And because we're used to wearing shoes and socks all the time, I guess our feet are quite sensitive. Yes, so like when yes. I stepped out into my backyard barefoot, which I, I never do, mm. <laughs> I had to wash my feet afterwards, but um, <laughs> my feet were very sensitive to everything that was beneath me and I felt just one with nature. But like <laughs> yeah. even now in the studio, I'm barefoot and I find myself to be more attentive Oh. I'm not lost in my thoughts. I'm constantly reminded I'm here because I can feel the ground beneath me. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And I mean, like, one of the cool things that Sarah mentioned about barefoot walking was how it creates that really strong relationship between our bodies and the earth and the electrical sort of currents that the earth creates with our bodies. So it's really neat. And another little thing that I read, which I thought was interesting about it, is that it actually has some health advantages in some other areas, reducing inflammation. And one thing that I really loved is improving sleep because I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good night's sleep last night? Yes, I did. Did a bit of meditation before bed. Yeah. Got my partner to do it as well. So that was good. Went straight off to sleep. This morning, though, I really did not want to get up. My alarm went off and I did the rollover like, oh, <laughs> more naps. But anyway, anyway. If you guys want proof that we actually stuck to our guns and did the task that we set for ourselves, you can check us out on our Instagram and Twitter at The Nudge Podcast. We've posted some photos during the week of us, you know, doing some barefoot walking. It's really good that we actually achieved one of our accountabilities. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. High five. Actually, real high five. Let's do this. There we go. And I mean, another obvious therapeutic practice for dealing with stress is travel, which we're going to be exploring this week, particularly what you put into travel and what you can get out of it. Yeah, you know, it's become such a big thing, travel through globalization and things like that. We've really come together more now than any other generation. Mm -hmm. So it's such an important thing. And it's, yeah, everybody's doing it. Not that everyone has to do what everybody else is doing, but it's really exciting to hear different people's stories. And I mean, sometimes I feel a little bit jealous. I've got a friend that's over in Europe at the moment and she's about to go up to Iceland to see the Northern Lights. Yeah. So, Which you said was one of your goals. Exactly, so exactly. you can take a page out of her book. I know. But yeah, travel's so good for mental health. And mm. I think because, like you said, we want to get in tuned globally. And I think that we're so used to doing it on social media, mm. which is not good. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's good for some things. But I think I would much rather go out and explore the world myself. 
Exactly. You know how everybody does the summer Europe trip? It's mm-hmm. a very common trip. We see it on social media all the time. You know, they do the Sail Croatia, party boats and things like that. And then you've got classics, England, Paris, all that stuff. And for a little while, I remember I thought to myself, oh, I actually don't want to go to England or Paris because I feel like I've seen all the sites because of social media because I was seeing all this stuff everywhere all the time. I was like, man, I know what the Eiffel Tower looks like from yeah. every different angle. So it's taken from a potential it, experience. It has a little yeah. bit, yeah. And I mean, I still want to go and see it because I want to go everywhere. It's just funny how social media has changed that a little bit because mm. I find myself drawn to places now that I don't see all the time on socials and things like that. So last year I did a trip to South America because I hadn't seen many posts there and I hadn't seen many people go there. Yeah, something different going yeah. you know, a bit off the grid. I, I think I, I was being a bit yeah, hipster with exactly. my choices. Well, I'm a bit of a zagger too, so yes. I, I'm drawn to really wild locations. So I would love to go to Easter Island with the stone Mai, which are the stone heads. Yes, cool. I actually learned everything there is to know about Easter Island within 24 hours last year. I, oh. I, I just <laughs> clicked on a Facebook post and I was like, ooh, the mystery behind the stone heads. And then I looked at one article, then another, then another documentary, then another one, then another one, then a movie called Rapa Nui, which is the traditional name of Easter Island before it was colonized. So, no way. That makes more sense because I always wonder why it was called Easter Island. That's a really random name. Yeah, the Dutch discovered it on Easter, I believe. Oh, what is the history behind the heads? Uh, oh, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> but... I genuinely want to know, and I feel like maybe some of our listeners don't yeah, know much about well, the it The history behind the he- Well, basically, Easter Island is currently bare, so there's hardly any trees on it. And it was once populated by tons of trees, mm-hmm. science has shown us, and there's currently none now. So they believe that they carved the stone heads from the rock quarries that are located on the island and then some were left wherever a piece of rock was but others were actually transported to the random parts of the island particularly opposite to the beach would they have quite a number of them lined up. Wow. And they believe that they used the vegetation and actually depleted the entire island no of their vegetation way. to transport them. So, oh, God, um, that's sad, it's, isn't it? <laughs> no, but it's such a good representation of an ecological disaster and yeah. what would happen to the entire Earth if we deplete ourselves of our resources. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, and that's just one little small island, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Whoa, that's big. Bit deep. Bit deep, <laughs> But I have a personal story relating to stress, which was induced by trying to travel, trying to book a trip. In September last year, I was booking a trip for myself for the very first time. I haven't been overseas yet. Yeah. I'm 22. So... (laughs) No, it's exciting though. Mm -hmm. And with very little time and trying to piece everything together, it became really stressful to the point where I couldn't even function and I had to just sleep a lot during the day. I felt really stressed out and it was so bad that I couldn't even do yoga to help relieve my stress. And we discussed last week that yoga is a big part of my life and Mm -hmm. it's um, very therapeutic for me, but I couldn't even do yoga. I was so stressed out. So... I made the decision to postpone this trip. I have everything planned out. I've got everything organized. So all I need to do is actually book the trip in the future. So all the stressing stuff has been done. And, yeah. you know, hopefully when I'm ready to go do this trip, whether it's by myself or if I'm joined by some other people, I'll be ready to do it. I'll be a bit more comfortable. And because it was, yeah, my first trip, I was like, Dad, can you like <laughs> just stand behind me while I book the tickets? So I was about to book my flights. And then he just said something that just completely made me go, oh, no. 
Mm. I can't. No, <laughs> just okay. <laughs> it was. It sounds like there wasn't there wasn't much he needed to do to convince you, like to not book the trip because you're obviously so stressed. If about he it. said do it, I would have done it. Yeah, I don't think he wanted me to go on it because it was very rushed and obviously, you know, very worried. It was my first ever yeah. potential trip overseas, so he was just like. Yeah, you've got the rest of your life ahead of you. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. um, This was literally 10 days beforehand. So it was definitely rushed. And I think it's because I put lots of pressure onto myself. Oh, Mm. I I really want to go overseas. I need to do this because I've been procrastinating for the whole year and I'm sick of procrastinating. I need to book this. Sometimes it's okay to just be like, no, and wait for the right time. But who knows? Maybe I could have gone on to that trip and I would have had the best time of my life. Yeah. Well, you've got to do it at some point though. Exactly. Definitely. This year, I'll definitely to be traveling. I'm going to hold myself accountable yeah. for that. And I think that if you're not normally a person about action, you may say, yeah, you know, I'd love to go to this country and this place here, there, everywhere. But as an adult, when it's time to go for it, you realize this is no school camp or excursion where everything is organized for you. And if you want to go somewhere, you have to make it happen. So travel can be very daunting at first, as I personally found when booking <laughs> the trips. However, it's simultaneously also the best medicine for relieving stress. And instead of going on that overseas trip, and the reason why I put a lot of pressure on myself to book it within the next 10 days was because not too far after that, I had an interstate trip already planned for me. Yeah, yep. So I had already planned that interstate trip up in far north Queensland, which is a lot less daunting. I mean, we're in our own country, Mm. but it's still very magical. I mean, we live in a beautiful country with amazing landscapes and all of a sudden my stress just left my body once I flew up there. It was just so nice. I was open, I was aware, I was in travel mode and Mm. I think that's what travel does to you. You're expecting new things. And I think my inquisitive mind just went, oh, this is nice. Let's roll. And yeah, it was the best therapy for me. Like all that stress just left my body. I came home a new person. Yeah. I honestly believe it's getting out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I think here we can get in such a rut. You know, if we're studying or if we're working full-time or if we're working part-time, it doesn't matter. It's still that same routine potentially that we're doing every single day. Yeah. And I think actually being out of your comfort zone, you know, you could just book a flight or teleport somewhere and you'll be out of your comfort zone, okay? <laughs> but because you're open, because you're aware and you're in a new environment, it's fun, I guess. I think it's more yeah. so overthinking. It. Oh, no, yeah. I have to worry about this. I have to worry about that. I have to worry about visas. What happens if this gets... What if happens if, you know, <laughs> this yeah, gets lost? Yeah, everything like, that you need is on you, like exactly. on your person. So I think overthinking it really causes the stress. But when you put yourself in that situation automatically, it's like, okay, how can I solve these problems? How can I deal with this? And, and through those interstate trips by myself, I took two last year, I learned how I personally solve problems in yes. situations where... I'm I'm new to something mm. and that is so good if especially for um, our listeners if you haven't had an, an experience like that or you you feel like you want to find yourself or you feel like you currently don't really know yourself and your limits and you want to find yourself book a trip start small like I did interstate um, you will yeah. immerse yourself into the art of being an adult yeah and having learn, fun at the same time you learn all those important skills like independence and mm-hmm. yeah resilience I think they're like two big ones because you're going to be thrown some curveballs that you have to sort of... Oh, yeah. There's no perfect trip. Yeah, no. There's always some And I think that some of the stories that I tell people from my trips are some of the things that just went wrong. (laughs) Mm, 
Yeah, of course. I feel like they're the most interesting, aren't they? Yeah. The stuff that went a little bit awry. Yeah, I mean, when I was up in Cairns, I didn't expect to have some people that I was doing a camping trip with bail on me while I was already up there. Yes. (laughs) In that moment, you're thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do for the next four days? I booked a little trip further up north and had the most relaxing four days of my entire life. So I think, you know, traveling keeps you on your toes, keeps you in the mode, and it leaves for a really good story. I mean, I didn't expect to be chased by a cow. I was fearing my life. That was the number one story (laughs) that I took home from that trip. So I booked a trip. I've been to quite a few countries now. I think I'm up to about uh, 15 or something like that. Yeah, because I'm obsessed with travel. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. Yeah, I think it's such a great thing. So when I was 19, I decided I wanted to go somewhere different and... I wanted to start this travel bug thing happening. I'd been overseas a couple of times with my family. They were not huge travellers, but they enjoyed sort of going to your local hotspots, Bali. Um, They'd done the US. So that was kind of interesting for me, but I wanted to sort of challenge myself a little bit more. So when I was 19, I had been with my partner for a little bit and I decided that I wanted to do India. Wow. Yeah. How did you go about booking India and what was going through your mind? Because that's not an easy country to to travel to. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, you know, I think I sort of went a bit hipster. You know, I thought, oh, I don't want to do the countries. Everybody does. And that was sort of right before I feel India blew up. Yeah, heaps of people go there. Mm -hmm. It was pretty daunting. I spent two full days, maybe even longer, just sort of planning a bit of an itinerary, the basics that I wanted to go Mm -hmm. and see. Once I sort of organised my itinerary, it was a big decision on how do I want to do this? Do I want to go with a tour group? Do I just want to stay with my boyfriend? But it's a non-English speaking country. So, Mm -hmm. and it's a completely different culture. Yeah. So that was hard. And then there is a debate, as you said, do I book a tour or do I do it myself? Yes. Me personally, I mean, even for someone like me who hasn't done a lot of travel, I'm a bit too proud to do a flat-out Kentucky or tour group. I think I would more so want to do it myself and then do a couple of tours here and there for certain sites where you can only really access through a tour. How yeah. did you do it for yeah. India? So we did tour just because... The entire time. So. Yeah, the oh, whole wow. time. Yeah. So we were only there for two weeks, though, before we moved into Nepal. Okay. And then we did Nepal as part of the tour as well. Because this was our first time overseas on our own with mm-hmm. our parents. It was also a big challenge for us in our relationship as well. Are we going to be able to survive this yeah, thing? Yeah, that's a whole nother episode <laughs> Yeah, itself. Yeah, something wow. we can get into later. So we totally went all the way to her. And I actually really liked that. I'm so glad I did it because I think there would have been many a mental breakdown mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah. Just, yeah. Because you're used to structure. and I think Yes, that- definitely. Because they would have had it all structured for you. Yes. It's a lot easier. They were on the same wavelength as you. You're on the same wavelength as each other. Yeah, 100%. And it, I liked that it took that stress out of it. Mm-hmm. So you didn't need to plan anything. You'd wake up in the morning and they would already have activities for you to do. They'd have lunch stops. So, I mean, it does sort of take the excitement out of things you could possibly find. It keeps you on this yeah. sort of narrow path but you still saw a lot of things yeah. so and you're able yeah. to see it live as opposed to worrying about okay i'm doing this now how am i going to get from here to the next thing by myself yeah. i guess so you're yeah, able to experience definitely. things like a wide-eyed kid in the candy store like yeah. you know 
Yeah, it, it and you also had the security of a lot of people around you, plus a tour guide that spoke the language, yeah. which makes it a lot easier. You know, you know, maybe getting taken advantage of things like this. Yeah. And I actually made friends through that tour that I still yeah see definitely. now. So that's so great. And I mean, Australians are such big travellers. Oh yeah. So you meet so many of them over there, or you know. Here, I'm sure you met heaps of people traveling in Cairns, and no, I, I was like the only Australian really? traveling my own country, which was it's so weird. Sad, I, isn't I, it? I, well, I met people from Germany, the UK, the Netherlands, every European country you can think of. I was the cultural experience at all the <laughs> the sites and and the hostels, so it was pretty funny. Gosh, that's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but so funny. did you feel like okay? I've done this tour with India and Nepal. Now I want to challenge myself and, and book my own and organize my own trips fully. Yeah, so two years after that trip, I took a trip to South and Central America. And I did a little bit of that in a tour because I went over there alone. And it is a little bit tricky sometimes traveling as a female. Yes. Yeah, it's a whole nother thing. But I was a bit concerned, just again, non-English speaking countries, different culture, all that sort of stuff. But then I started with the tour and then I went into traveling independently. And that was great as well. I don't know which one I like more. I mm-hmm. like them both for such different reasons. Like there's such interesting pros and cons for both. I was fortunate enough to meet some people in that tour, which was really helpful when I then had to go and travel on my own because you had people there that you could at least do little bits with or stay in contact with and Mm -hmm. see where they were on the travels. But then traveling independently, you do get to go and do your own thing. So sometimes, you know, you might be on a tour and you get dragged to 4,000 museums. That's Mm -hmm. obviously an exaggeration. But, you know, one museum is enough sometimes. And you might see that one museum and then you just want to go chill and have a sleep or something and you can do that when you're on your own exactly yeah yeah but and when you got back from this trip i think it was two years ago now Mm. um you told me that you had a bit of breakdown whilst in south america yeah yeah i'm not (laughs) i think i like change i just struggle to embrace it so (laughs) i'm all gung-ho like yeah let's do this then I get over there and I'm freaking out. So my flight to get to Ecuador was about 32 hours in the end. I had four stopovers. So by the time I got there, I was absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. I had an instance where the cab driver seemed quite a bit shady when I got there. And it was about 10 o'clock at night. He sort of took me to his parked car that was not in the taxi rank. He mm-hmm. sort of took my bags and took me down there. And there was another guy in the car. He said, we're going to drop this guy off first. Mm. Julian's eyes right now are just like no, getting wider No, because I remember you telling me this story and I had the exact same reaction. Yeah, I was like, holy oh, moly. Because I know the answer to this story now, but in <laughs> you know when you first told me, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for all you guys out there, you know, I sort of had that gut feeling that something was a bit off. And I turned to the guy in the car and I said, "Is is this a legit situation, you know, is this okay? What's sort of going on here? Uh, He couldn't really speak English, so he was just sort of going, oh, like, sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. Sort of, I don't understand what you're saying. So that was fine. And I just got out of the car and I just said, sorry, I don't feel comfortable. 
give me my bags, I'm out of here. And I went up to a taxi rank and it ended up being fine. I just went and got in a cab and the taxi driver was lovely. But that was pretty terrifying. You yeah. rock up to this country where you don't really speak the language. It's 10 o'clock at night. You're a lone female, white mm-hmm. lone female, which yeah. adds like a whole other element. Exactly. Especially when it's nighttime and you just came off a 32-hour flight. Oh, you God, may be yeah. delirious. You may be like, okay, I just need to get to a hotel. Any vehicle to take me there is fine. But that guy in the back seat who you were asking, is this legit? Could have been the guy who was about to grab you and hold you down this is the thing. while you the driver know. was driving yeah, you somewhere. Yeah, and that was the scary part about it. And uh, another element of this story is I was actually meant to get a courtesy van, was supposed to come and pick me up yes. to take me to the hostel. So when I got there, I'm looking out for my name and there's no card for me or there's nobody waiting for me. So that just added another thing. It was like far out, 32 hours, I'm tired, I want to get to the hotel. There's nobody waiting for me. And I think that's maybe why this guy sort of was like, oh, I see this girl looking around. Mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe take advantage of this situation. So, yeah, that's pretty scary when you're on your own. So when you're in a tour, you're probably going to have a bit more structure. You know, they'll be telling you times that you need to be, where you need to be at, all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, I got to my hostel. It was about midnight after all of these charades. And I got to my room. I'd booked a private room for the night because... I thought, I need my space, I need... Yeah, I just sort of need... I had, like, a private bathroom. It cost $10 more. Like, just <laughs> needed my That's space. What, yeah, in Australia, that would be $100 yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. You could not do that here. But over yeah. in Ecuador, it was fine. So you and had a bit of an introverted moment? I did. I needed to be on my own, which is so weird for me. That is not my style. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just totally cried. Just cried. Sometimes you just need to. <laughs> I was so delirious yeah. by this point. I called home and it was 4pm or something this time. I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what can you do by that point? You're on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. It's not like your family can just come and pick you oh, up. Oh, yeah, or... <laughs> exactly. It's not like in Australia where you know I can call my friends and vent and not worry about roaming data because I'm in my own country. Yeah, yeah, of course. I didn't even think that. Luckily, I had Wi-Fi, exactly. so I just, like, Facebook called. But, yeah. Mm. It's funny how you mentioned the the shuttle wasn't there to pick you up because I had a similar story happen to me in Queensland. Yeah, <laughs> which happens is, everywhere. Ha- it happens everywhere. No, but um, that courtesy shuttle... Actually, it was there to pick me up. I got into it and it just broke down. So now the driver's trying to push start the van and I'm just like, no thanks. So I just got out. (laughs) And then conveniently, there was another shuttle bus for the hostel that I actually wanted to stay at initially, but they were booked out when I tried to call. And sometimes you can try the planner and structure it, but if a place is booked out, it's booked out. There's not much you can do. So... I pretty much went with the flow, went against the grain. I think, you know, because, okay, I'm in my own country, I know that I'm going to be fine. I could always call a cab at the very worst and get transported to that initial hostel myself. But Yeah, the English little, yeah. language thing is, exactly. makes it so much easier. So much easier, yeah. <laughs> the English language thing, you say. <laughs> but basically, that shuttle picked me up and took me to that desired hostel, which was booked out. I went to the front counter and just, you know, chucked them a bit of a smile, used a bit of my charm, and then, like that, I got a bed. Wow. And it was amazing, and it was right next to the hub of the little town, which was beautiful. So sometimes it actually, it's really beneficial to just go with the flow. But like you, I am 
am quite structured. I like to have an itinerary. Yes. I like to have a list of numbers and whatever so that already listed out for me just in case I don't have internet, it's there. Yes, that's a big thing, the no internet thing, mm-hmm. especially when you're walking around. Oh, yeah, like, and these days we're just, you know, with young people in general, we're used to having the internet at our fingertips. So we don't store information in our minds anymore or we don't write them down. I mean, I actually write everything down. I, I don't know how I feel because I like things being planned for me when I go on holidays. For so you. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't have to think. But, yeah, I like the freedom of being able to sort of plan your own stuff if Mm -hmm. you want to and walk away from stuff. Being like a pretty independent person, yeah. it's like a big thing for me, yeah. being able to do my own thing. Exactly. I like control and, I th- and that goes into the planning it and doing it yourself. Yes. So like I want to know exactly where I'm going. I don't want to, you know, be locked into a tour and then potentially get the raw deal in a certain area yeah, and yeah. in doing a certain thing when I could have gotten something better or better value for money by doing it myself. Yeah. Maybe you need to do a tour. So <laughs> no. you're not in control. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh no, I, I did a couple of tours, which is nice. On that trip to Far North Queensland I was using cans as a base and then going out by myself to different places and I mean it's beautiful up in Far North Queensland. I highly recommend it. But I was going on a camping trip with some people and they cancelled on me at the very last minute. So I had four nights just open. And wow. you don't want to spend four nights in cans. Like, there's nothing to <laughs> do. Not so, so just like that shuttle story, from the top of my head, I was thinking, okay, I need to be calm, and I need to do. I need to go with the flow. I need to just book something. So I booked a tour for the Daintree and Cape Tribulation. But the funny thing is, when you say like you need to just do a tour, I couldn't just do the tour. So basically, I had it was like a, a day tour, and I had it broken up. So I did like half the day tour on the first day, and then I got the chill at Cape Trib. Oh, then yeah. the second day I was there the full day and I got to do some cool hikes in the Daintree, which is really rugged but just as beautiful as well. And just relax and enjoy myself. And I got to do some cool stuff. And then on the third day I spent the morning doing my own stuff again. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. meeting great people up there. But I continued the tour. So it was like putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Like everything I lined everything up very well and it was all just like from the top of my head. And I think it's very reminiscent to the fact that things will fall into place. You don't need to worry so much yes. about, oh no, this is what's going on here, what's going on there. I did need to keep tabs on my itinerary at all times yeah. just to make sure that everything was going well. But yeah, it all went well. I had a really relaxing time. So from getting cancelled on and being like, oh no, I don't know what to do, I had the four most relaxing days ever. So yeah, I guess that leads into the notion of doing research on the places you're about to see so you know what you're experiencing as you experience it as opposed to being completely surprised in a new situation and thus being a little dazed and confused. Yeah. Do you tend to fully research and get a bit of context behind some of the places you're actually going to? So did you do some research behind India and Ecuador and the other place you went to? Yeah, so maybe not as thorough as I should have. Mm. You know, I sort of looked up the places, you know a little bit about what you're going to see, but I still like that element of surprise. Yes, definitely. Plus, I don't think I'm as good at researching as you. But in those situations, I don't think I could be bothered. I think that it's important to research it geographically, but I don't think you can research the social and spiritual aspects of that place. Yeah, yeah. So I'll sort of tend to, yeah, look at the cities that I'm staying at, a bit of general stuff, but I'm not really thorough in terms of where's my closest 
embassy or any of that sort of Oh, yeah, stuff. That's, a, that's a little freaky, yeah. Yeah. Because you sort of do need to know that. But I know, but I never think about yeah. it. Yeah. I guess you need to think about it when you do lose your passport. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's just leave all the stress to an already <laughs> stressful situation rather than create it beforehand. Well, yeah, it's going to be stressful either way, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but I remember when I first was going away, a friend offered me a book that he'd bought and it was by a blogger called Nomadic Matt and he is uh, great. Ah, I know Nomadic yeah. Matt. Yes, he you know, has an opinion on absolutely everything. He's travelled the world and he's really great at budgeting. That's sort of his thing and... He researches so much, and that's one of the major points that he says, research where you're going so you know how you can get the best deals Mm -hmm. in a country or in a place or wherever you're staying. So he wrote a book called How to Travel the World on $50 a Day or Less. Some of the stuff in there is quite crazy, probably maybe two penny pincher for my liking. Mm -hmm. But I suppose if you're traveling to expensive places, uh, it can add up really quickly by the time you're staying in a hostel or whatever. But with that, you wouldn't really need to put it into perspective because traveling for $50 a day in Australia might be a little difficult because Australia is quite expensive. But I mean, you can travel for $50 a week in Indonesia. (laughs) It's it's completely different depending on where you go. Yeah, it's a perspective thing, obviously. So I don't know. That's so true. I can't remember how the heck he said he would have travelled around Australia or... Oh, I mean, from my perspective, you can stay at a hostel 20 bucks a night. Yeah. And that's your shelter. Yeah. And then your food, if you really budget, $5 a day. Mm. And then how are you going to get from place to place? How do you pay for a tour to do something? Yeah. How do you exp- how do you really experience it? I think that some of the expenses... I mean, I'm someone who loves the budget. I don't like spending money in life. <laughs> spending money gives me lots of stress. But I think that spending money leads to the experiences. And yeah. so it's a good investment. I think you save for holidays as well. That's yeah. what you're working towards a lot of the time. But yeah, he says exactly the same thing your biggest expenses when you're traveling are your accommodation and your food Mm -hmm. so if you can cut down on those that's where you're going to save the most of your money but i also wonder if you're cutting back so much are you taking away from the experience as well because when i'm away on holidays i want to like live exactly i want to experience everything that that country is throwing at Uh, me because who knows when you can go back that's how i always think especially the places that I always decide to go, I think, when will I get back here if I ever do? So then there's the question, do I try and budget this or do I spend $200 towards this because I'm only going to be here once? And sometimes you'll spend money on things and it's not a good time. Like, it's a bit disappointing. And then you're like, damn it, I could have saved that. I could have done something else. But you don't know, right? you just got to take any experience that comes. Yeah, it's such an investment. And with the blogging community, you know, I would definitely recommend anybody that's traveling to check out the internet and check out all the blogs that are out there because literally there's somebody that has been everywhere or wherever you are and they have probably written a blog about it or they've been on TripAdvisor or something like that. You know, you've also got the naked traveler, Tyson mm-hmm. Ma, I think yeah. you pronounce it, or Maya. And he goes even crazier to say that you can travel for $30 a day, which is even less. But you've got people like that that are out there, and that is such a big source of information for me when I'm traveling because I feel like they're a really relatable source as well. Yeah, and they're doing the research for you, essentially. So you can learn from their experiences and their stories when when the internet may not exactly have all the information there is. Yeah, and it really came in handy for me at the end of last year. I did a trip up through country New South Wales 
and then came back down the coast and I was doing a big things tour. So going around and seeing all the big things in Australia. That's my plan, but I only did a little bit so far. And What was your favourite, by the way? Big Prawn. The Big Prawn. In Ballina, <laughs> New South Wales. So cool. Way bigger than I thought it was going to be. And as far as representation, a prawn is tiny. So when you've got a giant prawn... That's way bigger than, I don't know, a giant balloon or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like relative size. Anyway. Yeah. But I pretty much just followed somebody's blog as they were going up the same oh, path okay. as me. And that was so easy to follow because, you know, they said, oh, don't waste your time with this one. This one's two hours away. This is this. This is this. Whereas Wikipedia, for example, just had a list of all the big things. They didn't give you any of that extra information. Parking, how long it's going to take you. This blog had everything. I was mm-hmm. so thankful to the couple that wrote this blog. Exactly. It's like humanizing the experience. Exactly. Not just that list on the screen. Yes. Even with my casual job as a sales rep, I work at a travel and camping store, which is quite convenient and expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time. And I have to remind customers, yes, this is expensive, but this is going towards the best time of your life. Yeah. This expense is necessary to make your life traveling a lot more comfortable. Mm. So... I highly recommend. I mean, there's some people who would travel with barely the bare essentials, and they're essentials for a reason. Like, yeah, so. yeah. It's so true. And you want to spend that little bit more when you're back at home. So when you're away, you don't have that stress of something breaking on you or not having something in a dire moment. Sometimes people forget that because they're in the moment where they have all their luxuries around them mm-hmm. and then they go overseas and they've brought maybe a crappy backpack that's got yep. a strap that breaks and then you're somewhere where you can't fix. Yeah, and you're more likely to spend money panicking in the yes. moment in another country where you may not speak the language so you yes. can't barter. You may spend more money in that situation you know, when you're so desperate then in your own country where we're lucky to have 50% off sales. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Of like great brands. Exactly. Well. And another big and important purchase one would make before going on a trip is buying a camera. Yeah. And I had a stressful time buying myself a camera before my final North Queensland trip. Mm. I was big on, as we mentioned earlier, the blogging, really document my experiences. So in order to do that, you need a good camera that can do photos, videos, great stuff. So I was searching for well over a month for the perfect camera. And the perfect camera does not exist because (laughs) if it did, everyone would be buying that particular model and nothing else. And so you need to have your pros and your cons and that just makes everything really difficult because you want one aspect of one camera, but it doesn't have this aspect that you need that's in another camera. Mm. So after a very long time, I finally made that purchase and I'm very happy with it. So (laughs) it's a mirrorless camera. So pretty much like, yeah, the quality of a DSLR, but Mm. a little... More compact. One, which is so much easier when so you much travel easier for because travel. I have the big DSLR mm-hmm. and that drives me nuts. And then I end up just taking photos on my phone, right? which is like a far lesser quality. Yeah. Can I just say though, the greatest camera is your eyes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there's that pressure to, okay, I want to capture these memories on my camera for my own leisure as well as for more professional reasons. So there's a heavy responsibility to be behind the camera and take those cool photos, take those cool videos, capture everything as you can. But you shouldn't be viewing everything through the viewfinder. You need to yeah. look up and enjoy it for the majority of the time. Yeah, which is something that we often forget. And you'll go to so many travel destinations and it will just be people just taking so many photos, you know, not actually taking in the sights and not reaching out and looking at things and... It's like you always see the photos at the Mona Lisa. 
Have yes. you seen those ones? Where and, it's a yeah. crowd of just people taking photos of the picture. Yeah. And we already see that picture. <laughs> and it's the most popular painting ever. And yes. we already see that painting <laughs> yeah. all together. So there's no point taking a photo of it or maybe to take a selfie in front of it to say, yeah, I've been there. But I think seeing something like the Mona Lisa, it's more of a spiritual thing that you should just really appreciate. Okay, I'm standing here in this gallery. I'm capturing it with my eyes. Exactly, yeah. And that's more important. Yeah. Have you seen that photo of the guy that's on the boat and he's on his phone? Have you seen that? Hold on. I'm going to look it up now. Oh, yeah, I've seen this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So for all you guys out there that want to check it out, we're going to be putting this up on our Facebook. So facebook.com slash the nudge podcast. Basically, it's a man playing on his phone on a boat while a whale is just swimming past. Swimming like, past, yeah. How unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I think it was so popular because people already thought that the younger generations were looking at their phone too mm-hmm. much and that not even the younger generations, you know, people in general are just like so fixated on their devices now. Yeah, so this guy's just probably scrolling through his news feed exactly. like the rest of us. It acts as a good sense of public intervention and it can make us feel a little self-conscious when we're looking at our phones in a new environment. Yeah, <laughs> but also makes you sort of like accountable as well. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Ash, when you mentioned a quote from Paolo Coelho, I just started reading his famous book, The Alchemist, which is all about travel and learning about yourself and finding yourself. And I'm about halfway through it now. It is amazing. There's a particular passage that really relates to this topic. And for those who haven't read The Alchemist, the novel's based around a young shepherd named Santiago who goes traveling in search for hidden treasure as well as his personal legend. And he finds himself at a man's castle during a party where the man suggests that the boy look around the castle for a couple of hours while he entertains some of the guests. So I'm going to read a passage directly from the book and you can tell me what you think of that. (laughs) So the man says, Meanwhile, I want to ask you to do something, said the wise man, handing the boy a teaspoon that held two drops of oil. As you wander around, carry this spoon with you without allowing the oil to spill. The boy began climbing and descending the many stairways of the place, keeping his eyes fixed on the spoon. After two hours, he returned to the room where the wise man said, Well, asked the wise man, did you see the Persian tapestries that are hanging in the dining hall? Did you see the garden that it took the master gardener ten years to create? Did you notice the beautiful parchments in my library? The boy was embarrassed and confessed that he had observed nothing. His only concern had been not to spill the oil that the wise man had entrusted to him. Then go back and observe the marvels of my world, said the wise man. You cannot trust the man if you don't know his house. Relieved, the boy picked up the spoon and returned to his exploration of the palace, this time observing all of the works of art on the ceilings and the walls. He saw the gardens, the mountains all around him, the beauty of the flowers, and the taste with which everything had been selected. Upon returning to the wise man, he related in detail everything he had seen. "'But where are the drops of oil I entrusted to you?' asked the wise man. Looking down at the spoon he held, the boy saw the oil was gone. "'Well, there is only one piece of advice I can give you,' said the wisest of wise men. "'The secret of happiness is to see all the marvels of the world "'and never to forget the drops of oil on the spoon.'" So, yeah, it's highly relatable in a sense where you need to find balance between taking photos and making sure that, you know, you're giving yourself these great memories as well as experiencing stuff in the moment. And Mm -hmm. balance is always the most difficult thing to attain, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I'll be going overseas for the very first time 
very soon from now, actually, sooner than you expected. Yeah. I'm going to be going to New Zealand yes. with my family uh, for a couple of weeks. So that's pretty exciting. So how do you think you're going to go travelling with your family, especially overseas? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Travelling with your family can be quite stressful I'm sure but yeah. but I think depending be- on the family depending on the family yes I mean I haven't been blessed with a family who loves to travel like you have Ash yeah. we're doing this first trip yes together I think any interaction with your family is going to be quite uncensored and you get to the point you get to the root of any issue as yeah. opposed to traveling with friends where there may be some oh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. And I think that even though my family and I have our differences, they know that I'm the type of person who wants to see everything all at once. And my dad is much like that as well. Whilst my brother is quite low-key, he's comfortable with being comfortable and he doesn't mind missing out on something as long as he's comfortable. And my mum's very much like that as well. And I think because I live with my family, they know more of my limitations, what makes me tick and everything. I think it should be okay. Either way... We're going to be having a good experience, so I'm excited for that. But me being an introvert, I'm going to need time by myself. And I told them that I'm going to need my own space. I want to be a lone traveller for a day at least or something. Were they fine with that? Yeah, they're fine with that. I mean, my mum has used the word compromise quite a bit, but like as though I need to... (laughs) <laughs> uh, compromise with, with other people's needs but you know what about, it takes two to tango yeah, yeah. that's what I to say what about her compromising exactly but I'm really excited you're going away not too long from now either yeah I'll be headed to Thailand in March mm-hmm. with my family which is interesting <laughs> for but, me but, you, but you've been overseas with your family quite a bit yes I have yep and we're pretty chill everyone sort of just does their own thing everyone doesn't need to be together I'm probably more of the sort of person that's like, everybody, let's hang out because I don't like that time alone. But there's going to be times there where I maybe go off with one of them or whatever, whatever. But it's actually for my sister's birthday. So there's going to be some friends there and there's going to be some extended family. So it's quite a big trip, actually. Mm -hmm. But I think it will be good. And I've been to Thailand before, so sort of know what I'm in for. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to take lots of photos. I know I will. Yeah. Bring your DSLR. But we need to look on the outside. I'll be taking lots of photos on my camera and posting them as I go. So if you want to check them out or even share your own travel stories with us here at The Nudge, head to facebook.com slash The Nudge Podcast. And we're also on Instagram and Twitter at The Nudge Podcast. And you can also follow me on my personal Twitter and Instagram. They're both at Julian Gaspari. If you want to see some pictures of my trips in Australia. Yeah, and you can also follow me, guys, at Ash Witasorski on Twitter and at A-S-H-A-L-E-A-W on Instagram. And my whole Instagram is basically travel pics. Throwback Thursdays, flashback Fridays. It's really inspiring. Like, it makes (laughs) you think, okay, I just got back from this trip. I'm planning another one. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to look back on your photos because sometimes you forget to as well. And I think I've taken some really neat pics over the trips that I've been on. So you guys can check them out there, definitely. Yeah, and you can catch us on Omni and iTunes if you want to revisit or share this podcast with someone else. And what are we going to be holding ourselves accountable for this week, Ash? I think for me, given that I'm about to head to New Zealand, I need to encompass everything that we've explored today. So I want to do some research, but not too much. I want 
to take some photos but really be able to remember it through my own eyes as well. Right. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you just need to enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've had a lot of work mm-hmm. going on and yeah. just take that time out to but, yeah. enjoy Yeah, but at the same time, not let my parents do everything for me. I want to be quite involved in the trip. Yeah. But reaping the benefits of having that already been done and just enjoying it. And what about you? Yeah, well, I'm thinking maybe I need to start actually organising this Thailand trip a little bit. I haven't done any planning for it. I mean, I've still got a little bit of time. I think I might actually take some time to do something on my own, which is very different for me. So maybe I'll organise a little bit of a day trip or a half-day trip. Mm -hmm. I don't know how far I'll go. Yeah, instead of pulling one of them aside to do something with them, just... Do it on your own? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know what it'll be yet, but that's exciting. Yeah, so by this time next week, you need to have had that plan set in stone and maybe address it to your family. By the way, I want to do this by myself. Yeah. Ooh, that's different. Yeah. (laughs) Confronting, but... Yeah, but that'll be exciting. That'll be cool. Awesome. But yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Once again, like us and share us on facebook.com slash the nudge podcast. It's been a really good chat today. Yeah. I enjoy talking about travel. So yeah, thanks again, guys. And you'll hear from us next week. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.